for us. You notice there's a tent out front, streets blocked off. If you hadn't, they're doing that because of next door. They're going to have uh, Derek Henry and Mark Ingram. Who are they? I'm an Auburn fan. Is, they, is that somebody we spoke to? They are next door, though. I started to go over and ask maybe get, you know, Derek and Mark to come help do with communion, but they, I didn't think that would go over too well. But they really are going to be next door. But uh, you're stuck with me, so here we go. The sermon today is picnics, reunions, and food on the table. Obviously, I chose that subject because we are having a picnic today, and we're also going to have communion. I'm going to try to tie all that together. I... Uh, Friday when I went and got Dave, Lanham most of the time gets Dave from dialysis on, on Fridays, but I went, I took him and went and got him, and we usually ask him, is there anything you want to eat, or Jamie may already have, his wife may already have something prepared for him, but she was away, and so we left dialysis, I said, what do you want to eat, I'll go get you something, does anything sound good to you, and I knew that lately, grilled cheeses, you know when you don't feel good, there's something that just tastes good to you, he said, daddy, I know this sounds silly, but could you just make me a grilled cheese? I said, yeah. So we went, and me and him had grilled cheeses. So I thought this picnic, we're not going to have hamburgers and hot dogs. We're just having grilled cheese this afternoon. Is that all right with everybody? Hey, they're good. I make a good grilled cheese. It's all about how much butter you add to it and leave it on there just right and get that cheese melted good. Oh. The first time that food is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 1.29. And God said, see, I have given you every herb of the field seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be food and then in Genesis 9 3 God says to to the humans every moving thing that lives shall be food for you hallelujah I love cows I do not want balut I'm sorry we're not going to show that picture no more okay but you don't, you give me a prime rib. Woo, glory to God. That'll make you shout. God mentions food. God knows that we need food. In fact, in the Bible, God himself established feast days, festivals, around the theological issues, Passover. Jesus ate the Passover meal that had been handed down. They ate together to teach them something. So they cooked and roasted lamb and pork chops and roast they ate all that and Jesus ate that meal and he is the Passover lamb now and here we have a table prepared before us so God instituted the Passover the unleavened bread the feast of unleavened bread the first fruits the grain harvest the feast of trumpets the day of atonement Yom Kippur all these were feast days for God's people to come together and, and eat so he established that I don't know if any of y'all are going to go to some decorations in May. I'm seeing some nods, just a few. Now, it's not as popular as it used to be to go to the cemetery. Decoration day. I'll end up going. It's always on Mother's Day. Uh, I usually can't go in the morning because I'm here, but at Red Hill United Methodist Church Cemetery. But some of you remember when there was food on the ground when you went to decorations. I'm looking around. I'm getting some nods. I love what old Mark Puckett's daddy said, old brother Puckett, Baptist preacher over in Hamilton. When it came decoration time, he'd tell his wife, said, yes, said, bless God, we got to go eat potato salad with the dead. Food, even gathering at decorations. We teach our children 
to say a blessing. Madeline's got one that she says at Atala Elementary, and I like it. She says it now at our table and at her home too. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and may this food to us be blessed. And most of you have memorized or you've taught your children, your grandchildren. Say it with me. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed. Thank you, God, for daily bread. And every time you say the Lord's Prayer, as powerful it is, is, we repeat it over and over again. There's that one line in there, that simple line in the Lord's Prayer where we say, give us this day our daily bread. Why would he include that in the Lord's Prayer? Because it's so basic and it's, it's necessary. You and I need food to eat. Give us this day our daily bread, Father. Three passages of Scripture that I chose. There are many, but one was the 23rd Psalm. Sheila wrote a devotion, Sheila Freeman did on Tuesday, and it was the 23rd Psalm. And, and she said in there, which is true, that we read the 23rd Psalm so often at a funeral. It really is. I mean, we use it at a graveside, and, and I, don't, I think that's a great idea. I want to keep doing that. I, it's a powerful, it's, it's, it's warm to us. We know it. Uh, it's a blessing to us. It brings us comfort. But yet, the 23rd Psalm is about living. It does talk about dying, but it's about living. He leads me beside the still waters. I mean, he goes on a picnic with us. But then in the 23rd Psalm, it says, you, speaking of God, the psalm is saying, you, God, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then that a blessing too. God, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. See, that's an announcement of blessing. He sets a table in the middle of whatever's going on in your life. God's there at the table with you to bless you. Luke 22. I chose this. Now, Jesus is talking to the disciples in verse 28. Luke 22, verse 28. He says, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Even eternity talks about a table and that God allows us to eat and drink at his table in his kingdom. And yet here we are about to come to another table that he's prepared. I've shared with y'all before, but one of my most favorite chapters in all the Bible is John 21. I want to read just a portion of it to you. Before I read it, just remind you in John 21, Jesus has risen from the dead. This is the third time he's going to show himself. So of all the things that God could be doing after dying on the cross, rising from the dead, this is a beautiful picture here of God preparing breakfast for some wounded, broken, confused disciples, kind of like us some days. So here's the story in John 21, verse 9. Then as soon as they had come to land, they were out there fishing. They went to back to something that was familiar. They saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Remember they had caught nothing and Jesus said, cast your nets over here. And they 
So Simon Peter in verse 11, he went up and he dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. Fish stories, you always got to tell how many you count. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and he took the bread and he gave it to him and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. I don't know what that does to me, but no matter how many times, and I've preached a lot from this, but even mention it now, to see that picture. Lana and I got to go to Israel in 2015, and I asked our guide when we were near this area, I said, do you know about where the shore was perhaps near that possibly where Jesus had that campfire and breakfast? And when we came to that place, he said, tradition has it that it was somewhere along in here. And I walked, and in my mind, I, I could see that campfire. I could see Jesus sitting there, God making breakfast for his disciples. That is an absolutely beautiful picture of God. More than I can express. And now we're going to get to dine around a holy table. We call it Holy Communion. And the food and the drink are provided by Jesus. Powerful symbol of eating and dining, feast days, fellowshipping with God found throughout the scriptures. As a pastor, I have attended many weddings. Had one last weekend. Going to have one in about three weeks. I've, retend, I've attended all kinds of receptions. Funerals. Birthday parties, I've gone to those. Picnics, all kinds of reunions, not only with my family but with others. And you'll notice as you read about Jesus, he attended such events also. He'd just show up and eat at Zacchaeus' house. Come on out of that tree, I'm going to go eat with you. He, he ate and drank with the people. It was a part of his ministry to them to sit down and eat with them. I have observed that most weddings and funerals turn out to be a family reunion in many cases, not always. But in a lot of cases, and it's happened here too, I've done a lot of funerals. And even though we may have tears of, of sorrow and so forth, I find out that a lot of times, even the family, I've had some, oh, I guess we shouldn't be laughing so loud. Being here in the sanctuary, telling stories and cutting up, and then, oh, I guess we should be, no. I say the loved one would love for you to be laughing and cutting up. You haven't seen people in a long time. So it does become a family reunion. I say it's kind of preparing us one day for the reunion. We had a wedding here just a couple of weeks, a weekend last before April 29th. Sheila Freeman's youngest, Michael, was married, if you did not know that, to his new bride, Sydney. Sheila's mom came a few days early to help Sheila get everything ready, and she, we introduced ourselves to the staff, and she was so excited, Sheila's mama was, about the wedding. But as much of her excitement was the fact that her children and all her grandchildren were going to be together because they hadn't been together in years. I could see that on her face even when we had the reception Friday night, by the way, where it was at Local Joe's, which is a great place to eat. Can I get an amen from the crowd? All right. We gathered down there at Local Joe's, and I watched. I watched Sheila's mama. She had tears in her eyes of just sheer joy 
of listening to her girls cut up and tell stories that only they understood. Cousins, I got over there and listened to a couple of cousin stories. I didn't know them from the price. I didn't know them at all and from Adam, but I listened to their stories and I busted out laughing at some of the stories because that happens oftentimes at weddings, but also at funerals and times together. And we'll be telling stories as the guys are cooking hamburgers and hot dogs this afternoon. And Jesus likes to be around us in times like that. He just shows up. He did that in his ministry. Psalms 23rd says, God provides a table right in the midst of life and that everything's going on. There's something about gathering around the table. And then in Luke 22, uh, Jesus promised that I'm going to bestow upon you a kingdom just as my Father bestowed upon me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. That's a blessing from God. I know I've told you all this story, but I'll tell it again. It's a good one. I'm going to sell it to Jax one day. Madeline was about, our granddaughter was about six, six years old. So this was probably three and a half years ago. Madeline and Lana are on their way to church, and they stop by Jax to get a sausage and biscuit. And Madeline's chomping on that sausage biscuit. She looked over to Lana, and she said, Emmy, that's what she calls it, Emmy, what will we eat in heaven? Well, that's a pretty tough question. You've got to answer it to a six-year-old. My wife did a great job, I thought. She said, Madeline, I guess that God will just let us eat whatever our favorite food is. She thought that was pretty good. She looked at that Jack Sausage Biscuit. She said, I believe it's going to be Jack Sausage and Biscuit. <laughs> I'm going to sell that to Jack's, that commercial. We get to eat. for Jesus to prepare a table. We call it the Last Supper. Dr. David Seaman was the chaplain when I was at Asbury, and he preached a sermon on John 21, and the title of the sermon was The First Breakfast. Because John 21 is the first breakfast. They had the Last Supper, but now they're going to have the first breakfast, and God prepares it. The incarnate living God who walked out of the tomb and has breakfast with these disciples. Breakfast. Jesus had a campfire. God had a campfire. And Jesus sets the stage for the conversation. And if you'll recall, the one thing that Jesus asked, and he repeated it three times, I know I've preached on this before, but I'm going to remind you of this when you come to communion this morning. He looked across that campfire after he fed Simon Peter. And you remember what he asked him? Do you love me? What a great question. Did Jesus ask you the same thing? And I pray in just a moment when you come for Holy Communion, I pray that you will allow Jesus to ask you, do you love me? Communion, the food, the drink provided to bring us closer to Christ. You and I can come to the table and think about it when you come to the table when you leave. If you ask for forgiveness, you get to leave forgiven. You get to, to leave the table restored in relationship. You get to leave reconciled. You get to leave the table redeemed by the Redeemer. So when you come this morning, hear Jesus ask you, Do you love me? How are you going to respond? Let's pray together. God, we ask your blessing upon this table. And we praise you and thank you, God, that we got invited.
bless Holy Spirit in a way that only you can through the body and the blood of Jesus. For we pray this in his powerful holy name. Jesus, master, strong, sent forth.